And we're back again here with uh, the round table of discussion on discipleship. We've been having uh, some good discussions over the past uh, few months now talking about what it means to uh, have discipleship or be like Christ in the common space. Really wanting to um, just give some room for us to breathe a little bit on these topics or things that you may have heard in a, in a Sunday sermon or in a church and then you think it just stays there, or you think it sounds so easy, or you think everyone else has figured it out and you can't figure it out. Well, we want to kind of be honest whether or not we have figured it out, or we think we figured it out, or we're partially, you know, wherever we're at. We just want to bring these into to some spaces so we can kind of sit with them, we can breathe about it, we can talk about it. We uh, have been discussing here this idea of being with God at the central part of that. And so we're going to continue that here in this episode. Again, uh, though, with me always, uh, we've got Ryan. Hey, guys. And then we got Mike. How's it going? I'm uh, Dan Hertzler, pastor at Refuge Church. And so uh, we're glad that you can join us in this dialogue and discussion. And uh, one of the things uh, that we've been spending time on is that learning that nuance of the things we do for God and then being with God and how God gives us things to do that flows from us being with him. And one of those things he gives us that we can do uh, is the idea of generosity, uh, of giving, and that spirit of giving. And so uh, we're going to talk about that uh, this uh, episode and trying to figure out how do we do this in a way that, again, isn't about us. So uh, you know, you, you see these stories of Jesus interacting with the Pharisees quite a bit in the New Testament, in the Gospels, and uh, many times he would call them out for their giving uh, because their giving was done in public or was given in such a way that it, it, they, they felt like they were righteous because of their giving. And then someone else would come alongside and give very little uh, in a very humble way, and Jesus would say it was the one that gave very little was the one that walked away full, and the one that gave a lot walked away empty because the, there was a heart behind that giving. Well, that's kind of what we want to get at a little bit here is, is how do we be generous? Uh, how do we have a giving spirit that flows from us being with God that is a good gift to us that God gives to us, but not turn it into something we just do for the benefit of others or something we do just because it makes us feel good or something we do because uh, you'll get a lot of nice clicks or you'll get a lot of nice comments on social media. Um, and so this, again, and, and some of the things, it's fascinating, you know, as we're spending the time and looking at some of these disciplines, these sacred rhythms that God has uh, kind of given to us, how countercultural it is in the face of the way that we, we normally live. So, so we are normally living in a society that's all about me. It's all about platform. It's all about image. It's all about progression. How, how do we keep moving up the ladder? How do we keep uh, adding to our bottom figure? How do we keep adding to our toys and, and our possessions and our houses and our trips? And, and how do we tell everybody how we're living the good life and show everybody all the wonderful things we've done? Uh, and here God comes in through Christ and, and, and just kind of just like turns everything upside down. And, and now as, as Christ followers, we have to say, how do we do this and, and what does this look like? So uh, we're going to kind of jump into this. I think, Ryan, you got some thoughts and ideas, you know, as you think about this topic. Yeah, I think just this might sound really obvious, but just at a high level, just real quick, you can't give something if you don't have it yourself. 
And I think this really stems from the being with God. You cannot give something from Christ if you do not have him yourself, you know? And so there should be, in whatever way that we're giving, it's not just about resources. There are millions of people with millions of dollars, probably, you know, with a lot of resources, with a lot of things that they could do. But like, you know, Dan was saying, it, comparatively to the woman who gave the, the, the two coins, you know, it, it was worth nothing compared to what she gave. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so it gets, it's so much more than just, you know, let me get on some program where I can give to this. Like, those are great, yeah. but there's something better. There's something better. And it's, it's the heart behind the giver. You know, yeah. I think even in the Beatitudes, Jesus, so many times, you know, when someone comes up to you, they take your, you know, your tunic, give them your cloak. You know, if someone asks you to go a mile, go two miles with them or, yeah. you know, blessed are the merciful. Uh, you know, for they shall obtain, obtain mercy. So I think just in a different way, we need to be um, radically generous in our mercy and forgiveness. Yeah. You know, that, that's maybe not your practical tithing, mm-hmm. but in our, in our mercy, in our grace, in our forgiveness that we show yeah. to people, we need to be so generous yeah. and not hold that back. Yeah. You know, because Jesus says to his disciples, Forgive one another so that you yourself will be forgiven. Yeah. You know, show mercy so that your father will show, you know, will Mm. give you mercy. Yeah. So I think that's just a beautiful thing. You can do it anytime. Yeah. You know, being generous with your, your, this, this, you know, act of grace, mercy and, and forgiveness. That's good. I, I, I like the fact that you even broke it down to, to not isolating it on money. Um, you know, which uh, quote I have here from Tim Keller, you know, generosity is not about money. There's more than one currency. And, uh, you know, it's that idea that, yeah, we do live in a society with more than just money. And a lot of times we go to this and we say, well, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough ends to meet and, and all these different things. And that, you know, that maybe could be a different discussion because you can look around the world and see the fact the way that most of us probably listening to this podcast and having the means to listen to this podcast um, have a lot more resources than most people. But that's a side story. Uh, we won't go on that hobby horse at the moment. We'll talk more about the idea that there is generosity in kindness, generosity mm-hmm. in mercy, generosity in compassion, uh, maybe even generosity with your time or yeah. just generosity in, in other ways. And uh, to really start broadening it out, what I think think what we're looking at and what you're getting at, and you know, uh, I'll let Mike here share in a second here, but it's just the idea that we're not here to build our kingdom. Mm. Uh, and oftentimes with money and the American dream, it is to build our kingdom. And God says, no, you're, you're now part of something new you're, or different. You're part of a new family. You're part of a new kingdom. And, and you're not here to build your kingdom, but you're here to build my kingdom. And what does my kingdom look like? Well, the Beatitudes are a great place to, to be. It's, you know, this idea that, you know, we are merciful, we are uh, compassionate, we are forgiving. Um, and so how can we be generous in those things? Um, you know, Mike, what, what are some of your thoughts? When, when you hear this idea of generosity connected to our being with God as a sacred rhythm in that relationship, well, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, so this has been uh, a real growth point for me uh, recently. I really struggle with this. So uh, put a spiritual gifts inventory test in front of me right now, and I'm going to ace 
leadership, prophecy, discernment, sky high off the charts, people fast track you for ministry and you look and scrape in the bottom of the barrel is generosity and mercy. Right. And so, uh, no, I've, but for real, I mean, I've always, always really wrestled with this. Um, and I've been really challenged on it. Um, in a lot of different areas. I'm also very skeptical and cynical whenever it comes to giving specifically just to the church, uh, just through getting burned in some experiences. And and for those of you who feel very affirmed by that statement, don't because it's not necessarily coming from a good place. Uh, but, but I think that there is some of that that's out there too. And, and so you're, you're trying to figure out if you're talking just from money and, and that aspect, you know, what do we do with it? Um, I think that there's just this reality though, that, that we are called to be a generous people. Yeah. Um, and I think it's littered throughout the old Testament. I think it's littered throughout the new Testament and the teachings of Jesus and how he modeled his life. Um, and it was interesting. I actually read a book that sometimes we think Jesus lived a, a very, um, poor life, which is why it was so simple, but like rabbis were usually sponsored and, and had a decent amount of financial backing behind them. So Jesus certainly felt this tension as well. Um, but I think particularly growing up, in the West, in America, people like myself might be struggling with, I don't know if we should call it recency bias, but just what, what we see around us and some stats that were really challenging to me that started to change how I lived and how I thought through this um, was just, I think it was in 2018, there was a report that came out where if you make $30,000 US, um, you from that perspective alone are in the top 1% of wealth in the world. And I know there was a whole Occupy Wall Street movement, right, in the U.S. for the 1%, but globally speaking, people that make that much technically fall into that. Um, now, if you double that number and go over just a little bit to, I think, 64,000 something, um, you are now in the top 0.01% of wealth in the world, which is just stunning to think about. And then even beyond that, there was a study that came out where we think if we just get a little bit more, I just need a little bit more money before I can start being generous. Uh, like from a financial thing, there's a study that came out. It was done independently that said, once you hit $80,000 cumulative, doesn't matter if you live in New York city or in rural Idaho, 80,000 us for your household income doesn't matter anymore. The, the dopamine hits are gone. Like you can't gain any more happiness from a larger paycheck. It doesn't matter if you make a hundred grand, 500 grand, a million dollars, $80,000 is the cutoff. Don't know why just is. And and so for me, it's been really challenging and and trying to figure out what do I do with my money? And so I tried to get a little bit creative. Um, I know through compassion, you know, for a hundred dollars, you can give a well to somebody, Mm -hmm. um, which is a hit that we don't even feel, but even so one of the things that I try to do is whenever I'm walking, um, specifically in the city, usually there's a wad of cash in my pocket. And if I see somebody, I reach in and I don't judge if they're going to spend it on whatever they're going to spend it on. Yeah. I don't judge how much they get. I reach into my pocket and what they get is what they get. Might be a yeah. dollar, might be a hundred dollars. I don't know. Yeah. That's not for me. Yeah. Um, because whenever I make it about me, then I start to come into it and, yeah. and I need to just let this be yeah. God's because it's, it's not my stuff. And, and the last thing though, that has been the most significant change in my life is I've tried to live a lot more simply. Mm. Um, I think recognizing how wealthy we are globally, 
um, means that I don't need to go buy a new t-shirt every single month. Um, you guys see me and I know we're on a podcast, so you can't, but more often than not, I'm in a gray or a black t-shirt that I have a couple copies of. And that's what I wear. I have one pair of jeans. I have one pair of boots. Um, and I have to watch it. That doesn't become an idol for me. Um, but just looking at, um, now I have more that I can be generous with. Yeah. Um, but I don't need as much. I, I, we have so much, we have so much. And this is such a point of tension for me because I just want more and I just want to keep feeding that and feeding that beast. But the reality is we're never going to be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I love the fact, you know, even as we uh, have this discussion and, and this is, this is again, part of, you know, why we wanted to have these podcasts because sometimes, you know, on a, just a Sunday morning, you've got a, you've got a certain topic that you want to hit and, and you got limited space and, and there, you, you are a, um, a lecturer. You're just talking to the people. Well, in this format, we've got three of us here and, and, um, you know, we talk about this idea of generosity. We don't really do a lot of prep, uh, together. We kind of do our individual prep, uh, for these, these podcasts. And then we sit down and we, we start talking, but, uh, Ryan, here's generosity and you, you start moving towards, not being money, Mike here's generosity. <laughs> you push right towards money, um, and uh, both, both neither is incorrect. You know, both both of this is again part of your growth. The part of your discipleship is where God has you in this moment, and how this this spiritual this sacred rhythm of generosity, how it comes in, and and, and how you respond to it, and what you see from it, and and how you're working through it. Um, I think how we tie both of those things in together, and I think why you know we tie all the disciples or sorry disciplines, sacred rhythms in together, is that if we are wanting to be with God, we have to recognize there's a part of ourselves that is going to keep pushing against that. It's going to keep. Mm. It's going to be at war. Okay, our flesh is not at, in any kind of peace treaty with God. Okay, our flesh is is an active war against God, and it does not desire to be with God. It desires to be independent, desires to want to do its own thing, desires to live its own life. And then uh, the, the world around us uh, is continually trying to uh, feed that desire. So whether it's, you know what, I don't need to show compassion to somebody because no one showed compassion to me. I don't need to be kind to someone because, you know, this world's not kind. Or, as Mike, you take it, I, I, I need to keep my money because it's my money and, and I, I have to things I need to get. All these things are feeding that, that war uh, that's against God. And God's now coming in to say, no, I, I've given you this discipline of generosity. It can look in, it can look in our, the way we care for each other or it can look in the, the finances. It can look in the way we spend our money. Uh, as a way to push back against what your flesh desires so that you you stay connected to me. Yeah, and, and I think on, on those lines too, Jesus, uh, he preached a sermon on the mount, and sometimes we, we will pick things out because there's so much good that's in there, but we can, I think, sometimes take things out of context. Jesus said, treat others the way that you want to be treated, and he was talking directly about um, money in that section. Mm-hmm. And, and, but also in, in the actions that we use with them, which I think hits at the heart of this. And I think that we need to remember that God is, it's his world, right? To, to your point, to everything you were just saying, pastor Dan, where I think Jesus and telling us treat others, how you want to be treated 
it's not just in the good seasons. It's not just when we feel like it, but in the bad seasons, we treat others still how we want to be treated. And Mm -hmm. I think God sees that and that's where he really rewards. And that's not to get into prosperity or any of that stuff. But I think it's in those moments where he comes in and really rescues you and, and will treat you how you have treated other people when you had it made when everything was good were you treating them well were you treating them with kindness and mercy and and whatever just giving of yourself Mm -hmm. to them or you know are you only running to me now that you really need something you know what i mean yeah and and you know this (laughs) you know this idea um of generosity and of giving um you know even the 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 idea of you know uh you know in church you'll hear the, the term tithe which you know, literally means 10%. Um, it's, it's one of those things that God, I think, again, gives to us out of the, the joy of, uh, of us doing it to, to remind ourselves that we don't live for this world. And you know what, uh, there's very few things like if, like you think about, we'll just use this word investment. Okay. It's very, very big with money. Obviously you invest it, you know, think about what can you invest today that's going to last for eternity now that has always grabbed me like what can i invest today like you know what you know the, the we all know the the old sayings you know like you can't take it with you you know you, you you've seen the you can't put a u-haul behind a hearst and you know into the world you come <laughs> naked out of the world you leave naked kind of thing and uh there you know there, you know kind of laugh at, about it but, it, but there, there's some truth to that fact and money is one of those things it's gonna it is what it is the resource is gonna burn up they're gonna they're gonna rust they're gonna destroy but you know what the bible actually talks about the idea that certain things you choose to do can actually have lasting impact it can have an eternal difference you could actually take some of that money or that resource or you know even as ryan took it you know you can take some of the idea of your compassion and your kindness just in the day and it could actually make an eternal difference like you know i've had a few experiences and i wish i had more of them but sometimes my mind doesn't go that way i wish it did you know, where, um, you know, someone was in front of me and, and their card wasn't working and, you know, they're buying, I don't even know what, know what they were buying. It probably wasn't things I would buy. Okay. Right. If I was judging their lives, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't buy the things that they were buying. Yeah. And I just looked at them like, don't worry, I'll, I'll take care of it. And they just looked at me. They're like, Oh, thank you so much. You don't know what kind of day I've had. And I said, Hey, all I want you to know is God's blessed me. I want you to be blessed too. Man. And that's it. I no other further conversation, no other dialogue, no nothing. I have no clue what that'll be. But it's at that moment where I stopped and said, wait a second, maybe this moment is something temporal that I can give that could maybe have an eternal difference. I don't know, uh, but it could. And you know what? Uh, I think there's something in that that God wants at, that flows from us being with him. So, uh, Ryan, what, you know, what, what's some things you read this week on this idea of generosity? I've been going through just the gospel of Matthew just with Uh, Melissa, we've been reading, there's a guy, J.C. Ryle, uh, he's a pastor a while ago, but he has like, it's really awesome. He just like talks a little bit about like, you know, the gospel. So he was talking in the section of like the Beatitudes with, with giving, Mm -hmm. with generosity. Um, He said, where is the evidence that we are new creations Mm. if we lack charity? He says, it is altogether wanting or lacking, hmm. you know, and you just look at the, the church, like, right. You know, at the beginning of acts, pe- there was no lack, like people were just selling things and get like, just, just because of Jesus, like yeah. no one told them you need to sell what you have. You need to provide for people. Yeah. They were just 
doing it. And I think that was it. Like there was something that had changed inside of them and their outlook on everything had to be different. Yeah. So, you know, to me, I feel like it's, it's often a struggle with trust, Mm -hmm. with generosity because where I've been in my past, especially with idolizing money Mm -hmm. and this is mine, not wanting to spend a cent and just hold on to it, you know, not give to anyone. Yeah. But it's like, me failing to see in that moment, anything that I have is because of God, because yeah. of his grace, because mm. of his goodness, yeah. you know, and, and 10% is so honestly little when you yeah. think about like, <laughs> yeah. really, like when you think about what he has given, what he has done, yeah. um, you know, but for me, I really always struggled with, I didn't know if I could trust what the church was doing with mm. my money. Sure. Right. You yep. know, I was like, I don't know where this is going to. And then I really yeah. felt like, you know, the Lord kind of broke that from me of freedom. Just like, just trust me, yeah. you know, trust the Lord. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not up to us to figure out, you know, sure. Maybe there's often, right. I'm sure there's been a lots of times where the church has, you know, scammed some people or whatever. Yep. I'm not saying that doesn't, that doesn't happen, but it's all about your heart posture. Yeah. It's all about why are you giving? Yeah. You can trust that God's going to use the resources that, that you're giving in a way, you know, that, that is going to honor him. It's not up, it's not ultimately up to the church. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, you know, it's, uh, there's a part of that. Oh, and I, I love thinking, you know, when you think about that first century, uh, Christians, you know, they, they, they didn't have a lot or mm-hmm. very much examples, you know, that's what's so, it's so important of them being at the apostles feet, uh, learning from them. But, their responses were so radical in, in what they did. And, you know, you know, Barnabas was the one that, you know, sold every, you know, his plots of land and gave it away to the church to, to use for the sake of, of others. And, uh, you know, it was such a, such a spirit of generosity. Yeah. And I think just on that same line, when you see, um, when you have an excess in Christ in who he is and you find him to actually be everything, then you're free to really give whatever, you know, wherever he leads, because it's like you have all that you need in him and he's a faithful provider. So if he leads you to give in ways that might make you feel uncomfortable, you can trust him. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mike, what's some things you read this week? Yeah. So I've referenced this book, uh, before and I cannot again, recommend it enough, but simply, especially as we talk about be with God versus doing with God, um, it's called the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer. Um, and in it, he has a section on simplicity, which is by no means uh, a silver bullet, so to speak towards living more generously, but it is, uh, a wonderful discipline or rhythm, um, in your life that can help you to, to get to that, that place. Um, and in this section, he, he really kind of gets a contentment or discontentment. Mm. And it's interesting. Um, he goes to, um, he says, we all live with unfulfilled desires. And in this life, all our symphonies remained unfinished. But this doesn't mean that we can't live happy. And then he goes and he talks about Paul's verse in Philippians that we take out of context all the time, which mm. is, I can do all things through Christ yeah. who strengthens me. Um, right. And, and, um, and so he goes and he says, if we look at this in context though, Paul is writing about, um, contentment, 
right? Mm-hmm. If we look at the words just before this, he says, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances, I know what, what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Those are Paul's words. Yeah. Now, Comer comes back and says, in context, Paul wasn't writing about overcoming some allegorical Goliath in our lives. He's writing about one of the greatest enemies of the human soul, discontentment. Mm. Uh, friends, we're always going to be chasing the the white rabbit, right? Like we're always going to just be running after um, whatever that is, yeah. whatever my whatever that next thing is. It's yeah. but what would it look like to to simply be content? Right. No, it's good. It's good to uh, to identify. You know, the things that I think both of you did a good job of identify some of the things that prevent you, some of the things that hold you back uh, from being generous. Um, you know, if I could uh, just sh- share a few practical things uh, with you, uh, if you're thinking about how can I be more generous or how can I take steps in this direction? Uh, the first thing I would just really encourage you is just uh, really pray about it. Just really pray, like say, Lord, where do you want me to be more generous? Um and just be open to, to what he, he may lead you in that. It might be finances. It might be in your mercy and in, in, your, in your forgiveness. It might just be in your time. But just say, Lord, I, I want to be more generous. I, I want to, to follow in your lead. I want to be a representation of your kingdom. And I want people to know that that's, that's important. And so how can I be more generous? And, and then the second thing, um, you know, really uh, find somebody that's really good at being generous and just kind of watch them, ask them questions. Um, you know, that's helped me huge. I remember, you know, having a conversation with someone who, who I think is uh, extremely generous uh, and, and uh, they give of, of so much of, of their time and resources and, and different things. And, and I remember one time just kind of asking the questions. I was like, you know, well, that didn't work out the way you thought it would. <laughs> And they kind of looked, came back to me and was like, well, I, I wasn't called to, to figure the outcome. I was just called to give. And, you know, that's a lot what you were saying, Ryan, as wow. well, too. Like, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not responsible for whether or not it, it worked out or didn't work out. I'm not responsible for, you know, what took place. I was just challenged and called to give, and, and I responded to that. And, and that really hit me because I, I get it when it comes to obedience, like, it's easy for me to, to say, okay, God just called me to be obedient. It's not whether or not the things worked out the way it was supposed to. I was called to obedience. So I get it on that level. I never really thought about it with, with my money, with my resources. But, but it's not about, well, you know what, I, I need to make sure I know exactly how this is being used. And I need to make sure that whatever I give turns out to be successful. No, sometimes when you give, it, it bombs. <laughs> mm. Sometimes when you give, it fails. And yet it was what God said you know, hey, I, I called you to give. And, and yes, we need to be wise and we shouldn't just, you know, uh, listen, if, if a Nigerian prince emails you, uh, I, I do not suggest <laughs> that you At least follow up once. Yeah. Follow up once. See what he's offering. Uh, I, I, I think you should do your due diligence, okay? No one here is saying you should be reckless with, with that. But at the same time, you, you can use that as a reason to not give in other areas. And, and you just have to ask the question, is God calling me to give here? Then Then give. And um, don't just label it. Don't just put it down into a, a money-only thing, uh, but think bigger and broader than that. Well, again, you know, we want to keep trying to, uh, you know, f- uh, figure all this out, and we want to try to help you in this journey. And so 
you know, we are uh, here that if you ever want to email us, uh, you can email us at uh, info at churchrefuge.com. You can go on our website as well, too. Uh, we'd love to be able to answer other questions, just pray with you. Uh, you know, this is an ongoing journey. And uh, we want to keep having these discussions and dialogues, and uh, hopefully uh, you're coming along for the ride, and, and uh, we can kind of kind of work this together uh, as we're trying to figure it out too. But again, uh, thanks for joining us.